So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody. To this Thursday edition of Everyday Connection, I'm Rico Shields, and off to my left, some distance, Jean Victoria Norlock. <laughs> how are you, Jean? I'm peaceful, Rick. How are you? I wonder if any of our podcast listeners have ever gotten the idea that you're just right on my left over there in the studio or something. Well, I thought I was, that's why the giggle, because usually it's right over here to my left. Right over here to my left. And uh, that's um, right over here to my left. <clears throat> well, I was—I had turned and was pointing that way, and it was dreadfully obvious to my brain that you weren't there, <laughs> at least not within visual range. Well, I am to your left. I just happen yes. to be a few hundred kilometers away, possibly a few thousand. I don't know. I we just said that one that time. Up. I was in, inspired to say that at the opening because <laughs> I, I feel sometimes a little robotic because I say the same thing every week. Or twice a week. And um, so it just came out. And, of course, you immediately, journalistic education that you've had, immediately asked, am I really to your left? <laughs> yes. Well, I can't have my, my uh, co-host lying to our listeners on no, the show. It no, just won't no, do, no. sir. No, <laughs> I'm no. sorry. It's, Surely not. It's not allowed. Surely not. No. So we were talking just a little before the show about some news that I saw today. Um, amazing, I might add. Amazing news, and I think uh, just quite progressive, and and, and of course synchronistic uh, with tonight's guest that I'll introduce here in just a moment. Uh, but down in New Zealand, um, they have uh, just a few days ago they made history. <clears throat> by giving rights of personhood to a river. So the river, as a person, now enjoys constitutional protection. And since the river can't speak for itself in court, just like a young child, it has been assigned a guardian. And Once upon a time, rivers had guardians in among people, or at least everybody treated them that way. And, and uh, now... it. It, nobody's granted personhood to the planet yet, but a river is a good start in progress, eh? It's it's a great precedent to be set, and it's absolutely no surprise to me that it was New Zealand that set it. Um, they are light years, in many ways, light years uh, ahead of a lot of other countries with regards to environmental issues. 
And uh, I think it's an absolute blessing and a strong indication of the direction that hopefully all governments are going to be headed to in the future. Um, and, and and also it's it's a strong indication of what the power of the voice of the people can do when they stand up for what they believe in and what they feel is right. Um, so yes. big love, big love to the indigenous peoples of New Zealand um, for this amazing battle that they have won. And, um, you know, to the governments out there that are watching this, be advised it will be happening more. <laughs> yes. yes. Because, you know, it's that everyday connection thing. The uh, if the people truly lead, the government will just follow. And because uh, I'm sure that there were some political donors, and of course they don't do that down there. Oh well. So see, that's American thing. There was a survey that somebody had me take earlier today. I said, yeah. What's, they said, what's the number one issue? I said, getting corporate money out of politics. But you know. Because all the rest of the issues won't get the right answer until we do that. But uh, so you know, may move to New Zealand because I just think that that is grand. The Wanganui River, W H A N G Wanganui, W H A N G A N U I River, is now a person in New Zealand, a citizen, and uh, has rights. So don't be throwing your trash out of the canoe. Don't do that anywhere. But down there, you're violating someone's rights. Absolutely. And can therefore probably be charged with assault or sued. That's right. Um, so I I think uh, it's, in ex- it's an absolutely extreme measure, um, but it's needed to get the point across that well, so. our land that we rely upon to survive um, deserves. And our it's, respect it's and, and our protection. We, we had a court decision here in Texas. Um, and it was some polluter was claiming property rights because in the old-fashioned definition of property rights, your your property rights go from the center of the earth through the borders of your property and then up into infinity. So that means you own the piece of sky up above your head. Of course, I don't know how you can own a piece of land, but you certainly can't own a piece of the sky. And the court said, yeah, you're right. The sky belongs to everybody because, you know, it can't be defined and fenced. So, um, no, you don't have the right to do whatever you want to the air above your property. And uh, so that was an, um, another amazing legal precedent of the air belongs to everyone. Um uh, you know, it's it's often not the specific case so much as it is the precedent. Because all over New Zealand, I'm sure that there'll be some suits filed. There's probably more than one river. I would file suit almost immediately for personhood. Absolutely. Absolutely. And why why stop the rivers, really, when we think about it? Um, Mountains, of course, parks, water is, trees. Water is essential, but are, well, are plants not like, essential? Like I said, um, it's a good place you know, to start. Algae and, and, um, creates a great deal of our oxygen. Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I'd like algae to grant, grant personhood to Mother Earth and 
we could do. But, but like I say, sometimes it's good to have a start. The longest it journey is. starts with one step, so off we go. Absolutely. And a wonderful step it is. So thank you again to the indigenous community um, who fought for the rights. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and for the court that ruled with surprising Absolutely. wisdom for a legal body. Yes, uh, indeed. Uh, but let's talk about wisdom instead of legal stuff. We don't. <laughs> let's just talk about wisdom. Uh, we have with us a, an amazing uh, guest tonight. Uh, Peace Mother Gita Sacred Song is joining us tonight. And uh, she's the author of a uh, couple of wonderful books, including The Impeccable Warrior of Light. Uh, she is an international Mayan peace shaman, a uh, spiritual teacher, energy healer, uh, medicine woman, uh, and uh, is here to uh, uh, be here for the healing of humanity and Mother Earth. So I'm sure this news from New Zealand would be something that... Uh, that she would be proud of. So, uh, Peace Mother, welcome. Thank you so much. Gracias to both of you, Rick and Jean, for this beautiful program and for sending out your rays of love to all beings. Because I can feel, I don't know you for very long, but I can feel that your hearts are very big, very grand, very vast, and with vast concern and loving devotion to the well-being of humanity. Thank you. Welcome to you. Thank you. What a wonderful way to begin a show. So I'm going to, um, yes, listeners, I know I said I'd never do it, but I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> Out of respect for her position and her dedication and um, her journey, um, I'm going to alter the question and going to ask one that's appropriate to the person that I am speaking to tonight. So, Shanti Ma, who in heaven are you and what on earth are you doing here? Tis our opportunity, always to ask questions in a new way, to be fresh and new, with new eyes. So, wonderful, wonderful. From the celestial realms, applause. From the earth, all the terrestrial beings, applause. Mm. It seems that Divine Mother of the Universe and my spirit guides, my gurus from India, my Mayan shaman lineage, decided that Divine Mother should embody in one more form here on Earth. For there are Divine Mothers, and always have been, 
in male and physical, a male physical form and in female physical form, they have been here doing the work. And so I was so blessed and am so blessed that they chose me to do this and that through grace, through their grace, that I am able to do it, to be their instrument. So I am simply an instrument for my guides, for Divine Mother of the Universe, for the Mayan lineage, for the wisdom, as Rick was speaking of wisdom, for the wisdom. I am an instrument, an example of an impeccable warrior of light, for this is what is needed on the planet at this time, for all beings to commit to being impeccable warriors of light in whatever field, whatever area of life they are concentrated in, but to be impeccable in vibration, in frequency, in alignment to the light forces. What on earth is she doing here, this peace mother? What on earth? Whatever spirit says, if it involves coming to help and support in saving a sacred site, then that is what I do. If it's a peace concert, then that is what I do. If it's to write books, if it's to record mantras, then that is what I do. If it's to help someone that's in pain, of any kind of pain, spiritual, physical, emotional, mental, material, through the Mayan soul retrieval wisdom to help them, then that is what Divine Mother has me do. I do what she wants me to do. She is the one that directs the show, and I am her representative. And so that is it. That is all. Ah. That's and she perfect. makes it sound so simple. <laughs> well, but, you know, it's kind of it's kind of what we all can do. I think it's an extent what we do here with the radio show. We neither neither of us planned on it. We just here we are. And we always say we don't plan you know, a lengthy list of interview questions. Uh, in fact, you try not to research our guests much at all, and then I, I do some research so that I can keep us going. But uh, that everyday connection. Indeed, and you two do, uh, you are a beautiful balance. And this is, again, what the world needs to see every day and remember every day is the balance heart and mind, the legal and the wisdom. I am so indeed happy to hear about the river. And I know that this is only the beginning. Indeed, indeed. Because we're all moving very rapidly to a new level of consciousness. We should not bemoan the condition of humanity. We should only envision what we choose to see them as. Everyone, all of us. And the earth healed everything in its pristine condition, in its pristine version, and focus on that and affirm that because I assure you, dear ones, everyone who is listening, I assure you that the forces of light, they are assisting us. They are very much at work. We are not alone in this. Just in the last couple of years, let us see the earth, how much it has changed. And we should not project negativity and think, oh, the ice caps are all melting, and now what? Yes, indeed, we should 
acknowledge what is happening, but at the same time understand we have the power to create it differently as of right now by what we envision, by what we say, by what we affirm, by what we declare. Declare it as already done. If we tell Mother Earth you are healed and if we take a little globe, little plastic globe, and we hold it in our hands and we blow on it and we send the Holy Spirit to heal it, and we send violet light to heal it, and we call upon all the forces of light to heal her, and we tell her, you are grand and beautiful and radiant. You are magnificent. You are full of vitality and perfection and balance. Like our bodies, then she will be that. So hmm, it's an exciting time to be alive, isn't it? It absolutely is one of the most exciting times to be alive. Um, mm-hmm. We we actually say that often on the show. Exhilarating. Just because one of, one of the things that we speak about so often here, and I think you would definitely agree, and, and one of the core reasons for doing the show is that both Rick and I believe um, with all our hearts that if you really want to see the beauty enlighten people, just constantly remind them how much, how amazing they are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's it's such a simple thing to tell somebody how incredible they are or to tell them to express your gratitude and your appreciation of their their better qualities. And then they will focus on those qualities and they will naturally expand on them and gravitate towards them. Um, you know, I, I'm glad you brought it up right away because one of the things that we, we talk about so much here is to get away from focusing on the what's wrong and to put your attention, your appreciation, and, um, you know, basically your heart and your spirit into what's right because there's so much magic happening on our planet right now with regards to personal growth, with regards to communities reuniting, um, with regards to the environment and, you know, our our new appreciation and respect for it. Um, it, it to, to watch it from that perspective is to really stand in awe of the times that we live in and to just, yeah, I mean, there's moments when I'll, I'll see what's going on around the world and, and people often say to me, don't watch the news. And I don't often watch the news, but every once in a while I'll see something really incredible on the news and, you know, my heart will just swell up and I'll think to myself, yeah, we did it. We're there. You know, we're exactly. we're there already. It's all good. It's okay. Um, and I think that's why we do the show, so that we can bring people on who are making a contribution so that people can become aware of how many different ways people are initiating change in our world. It's for there to be peace. There must be culture. There must be awareness there must be this awareness that there's a million ways to do something and it's not that this is better than that now there are levels of efficiency yes or with anything we should see what 
what works fast, what works well, what is thorough, what is shallow, but there are many approaches. And if we understand that and we can live with that, then we can live in peace. And this is the key to a peaceful heart, to understand that everyone's going to eat their soup a little differently or their cake or their ice cream. or you know, Everyone has their way of walking, of speaking. Everyone doesn't have to be the same. However, all of us do have the power to call forth the glory and grace for every soul. So whatever trials someone is going through, we'll have the power to bring about a healing and an upliftment so that whatever they are, they seem to be today, they can reach their highest destiny in the next moment with the next step. That's, and I feel like that's the most beautiful thing on earth and in heaven. To be able to give love, to be able, as you just mentioned so beautifully, to focus on giving instead of receiving. Well, this is an enlightened state, isn't it? Because for when you're in the normal mind, the limited mind, the contracted mind, it's all about me, mine, I, and it's not about the world. So it's only when we can be in our golden mind that we can notice that that person they have a real twinkle in their eye, and this person has a beautiful smile. And not only that, but that surely not enough people tell them. Wherever I go, clerks and attendants and you know, the airport, and I tell people all along the way, you're great, you're beautiful, tell them to give you a raise, you have such a great way with people. And always <laughs> they're like, oh, really? Me? And I think how simple is it to make someone's day? How easy is that? to uplift them. So glory unto all of you out there who do this, and let's do it even more. And those of you that are are not always able to do it, pray, pray, ask your guides to let you be an instrument for peace, an instrument for sowing seeds of love everywhere you go so you only leave a golden trail. Leave the place better than when you were not there. Better than before you arrived and passed through there. J.J. Ma. Amen. (laughs) You mentioned earlier uh, about needing light warriors in whatever field, whatever area, Mm -hmm. and that's one that we talk about is that uh, uh, progressing and and being able to look at yourself as a light worker or whatever those labels mean Mm-hmm. Um, but look at yourself as someone that tries to emanate love and, and, and show love and give love wherever you go, that that we need we need that everywhere. Uh, yeah. uh that's why we don't focus on anyone as them or the enemy or the whatever. Um because there is no them, there's just us. And exactly. We can be very different, and we can be so different that we would like to live in different parts of the world so that we don't have to look at each other every day. But that doesn't make them them. It doesn't and, make them the enemy. Right. Mm-hmm. And and that's sort of the first step in making someone an enemy is that they have to be not you. They have to be not us. They have to be something else. And, um, you know, people uh, often talk about, bankers and corporate people and this and that. They're just people. Mm-hmm. And when you when you treat them, like you said, when you, when you say things to them like, 
you know, you have quite a way with, you know, you're really good at your job and you've made this really easy for me and I really appreciate that. That literally can lift someone's soul from the depths of napping on the job. Yeah. Um, and and almost always does, get, you know, in my experience and looking people in the eye, it sort of gets the attention of their soul, so to speak, because you see it shine out a little bit. And, mm-hmm. and I imagine the day when, you know, 20%, then 30%, then 40% of the people and on and on are shining in that way. And uh, as we were talking about the indigenous groups in this personhood for the river, uh, although I don't know that indigenous cultures had a tradition of seeing rivers as people, uh, virtually all of the indigenous cultures that I have had the privilege of learning anything about treat, treated the trees, the bees, the rivers, the dirt, the, treated it all with the respect that you would give another. Yes, they may not be, may perhaps as the word would not be that they're a people or a person, but they are a being and alive. And that is the difference between dealing with the invisible world, with the vibrational world, with the energetic world, and uh, or looking at everything through material eyes, through concrete eyes. In the concrete eyes, we see everything is solid. The table is solid. But uh, even a microscope will tell you it's very, very far from that. Nothing but dancing molecules and atoms and points of light. So this is indeed a great sign to us of the way consciousness is changing. This new reality is moving very rapidly into solid being. And all of us, can pray to let go of the parameters where we've put in our stakes and said, this is reality. Because if we don't allow ourselves to flow down the river, it's going to be a harsh ride. But if we accept that things are changing and pray, help me, help me to see the true reality, help me to be the impeccable warrior of light, uh, being that I am meant to be, we will see, we will hear the river talking to us. We will see the trees and their message, and we'll understand these are angels on earth. They are our friends. They are protectors in the mountains. And our hearts will cry with compassion and appreciation for the work that these beings do on our behalf, totally selfless. And for me, it's no surprise, but it's a, it's a wonderful news, but it's no surprise that these kind of cases can be won because I've been very privileged that I've had the opportunity in the past to work on cases where something that was a landmark was accomplished through determination, through faith that this sacred site can be saved, it will be saved, and not accepting any other reality except it is done, it is saved, and not listening to any negativity from anyone about it, no limitations. When we, when anyone when we or anyone else have this determination that this is how it must be because it's time, because it's affecting all of us, because it's the right thing to do, because it's the highest thing to do. When we step up to the plate and we say, this is what is most important to me right now, 
all the other stuff, the big screen TV, you know, it. I don't care about it anymore. I care about this river being respected, and I care about this mountain, and I care about this sacred site being allowed to remain intact. Then these things, of course, are, are accomplishable. There's no reason why they are not. What we commit to, we can do. And so, fantastic, way to go, light forces, great, great celebration for the indigenous beings and uh, anybody in the legal system and in the government system, whoever stepped up to the plate, they have earned great golden merit by doing it. Because obviously it's not the norm and it's not the easy way to go. But as I uh, once I spoke before a panel and they were the ones that were going to decide whether to to listen to the indigenous wisdom and save a sacred site or not, and I told them, be very very careful what you vote for because this is your karma. This is your destiny and your karma. You are setting your karma for the future and it is going to affect generations. So as they always say, think of the next seven generations, right? Absolutely. Your actions, think in the next seven generations. So uh, it, it's all doable and I'm sure as Jean was saying, we're going to see many, many cases now right on this wave. And there will be opposition because anytime you move forward, there's opposition to try to push you back and get you to accept the old way of thinking. But no, it will not happen. In the same way that we saw and are seeing the changes and the fight for freedom in the Middle East, well, in this way, we will see now that people will take the Earth, Mother, beautiful Mother Earth, very seriously and understand it's to their benefit to rise to the challenge. And lastly, you know, it's all good and well to talk about it, but you can't do it if there's not enough courage. So how do we get that courage? We need to invoke our spirit guides. We need to invoke our divine protectors. We need to take refuge in our spiritual practices. They are the doers. We are just the instrument. Well, this, the instrument can't even raise a hand, can't even say one word correctly if the grace is not flowing through. I'm sure you experience that from doing show after show after show. It's the grace that pours through you, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. There's, I know I have times, and I think Jean does too, where you finish having a, a few words and you think, wow, did I say that? <laughs> Indeed. I wrote an entire book that, that made me ask myself, wow, did I say that? <laughs> In fact, you took some pieces to a friend while you were writing it and said, I can't say this. <laughs> and she explained to you that you could. I, I indeed did. Um, so I, I fully understand and agree with what you're saying. I think that what we've seen often on the show, um, especially with some of the unique guests that we've we've been honored to have with us is that more and more people are accepting that connection and not just accepting it, but embracing it and celebrating it and um, using it as, as much as a tool to, to seek out, find and um, experience their own happiness 
as spirit uses us as a tool to spread happiness in the world. And I really see that as as just a beautiful marriage. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it's it's wonderful that that connection once made can continue to flow back and forth and benefit, you know, everybody involved, mm-hmm. including including spirit and anybody that the person comes into contact with. Very much. It's not just to benefit us. Each each of us has our destiny to fulfill when we are reborn, when we are reincarnated. Each reincarnation, one more opportunity. And this incarnation in particular is supremely important because this is the incarnation in which we're all going full circle, full circle. Whatever's left to iron out, whatever is left to master, now is the time to master it. Now is the time to go for enlightenment. To me, there is nothing other than enlightenment. It's all about enlightenment. But the universe is now making this very clear to everyone. Enlightenment. Everyone wants peace. Everyone is tired of being out of balance and out of harmony. They are realizing, I need peace. My soul wants peace. I can't go on like this. And it's true. We cannot. So the signs are all there. Connect to spirit. But spirit also needs us to be connected because it's a joint adventure. We're their instrument, and they need us. We're in the physical form, so they need this body to be able to walk about and go do this and go do that and go do, write those books like you just wrote that book and say this and say that and sing those songs and get the message out in the radio show and the television and care for the children and the elderly, whatever it is that we're meant to do, to be able to uphold the golden virtues, the impeccable warrior of light virtues. And what a grand assignment that is, isn't it? Isn't it just wonderful that we have that assignment? Hmm. I get very high thinking about it. It's just so glorious. I I have to agree. It's just, I, I, I tell people all the time, I love my job. And, <laughs> right. and they say, well, you, but you always post this and adjust this and do that. and whatever. Yeah, it's great. We get, to, we get to hang out with these awesome people and... And we get to tell everybody how awesome they are. And people sometimes call in with questions. We get to tell them how awesome they are. It, it reminds me of a, a, a counselor friend that we had on. Uh, you remember Paige, Jane? Um, yes. She's She was working on her ex, uh, internship, externship, whatever they call it, uh, uh, to be a counselor. And um, And she said, I get paid to love people. How cool is that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'd like to see more counselors take that attitude, of course. But, <laughs> uh, but I think I, I, I think even the even the sciences are recognizing you don't you don't fix people, you don't fix the environment. You it fixes itself if you get mm-hmm. out of the way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, but it's that attitude that uh, I know. Indigenous persons here in the United States and, and and all over the world, of you know they used to ask permission and give blessings and uh, they didn't just go kill a buffalo. Yes, that was a white man thing shooting buffalo out of the window of the train. Yes, um, and that's that's 
That's why I hate this idea of them, because you can shoot them. You just you can't shoot us. And mm-hmm. uh, and so, you know, they recognized they needed clothing, they needed to eat, they needed to, but they didn't. They weren't wasteful. They were respectful and approached it with reverence. Yeah, um, that is the key. And 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 gratitude as opposed to and and some people think we mean you know embarrassment and there's none of that in it it's simply respect for the fact that that whether it's the buffalo or the plants you know whether you eat meat or not whether you're vegetarian or it it all of these are lives that came forth and to support us uh, you know the lowly potato out of the ground is it it grew there to be food <laughs> it it grew to to be sacrificed willingly for us it's giving its life for us and um i often when i take a meal i get very my meals can last a long time because i get so ecstatic and i go into bliss out of gratitude, because I start thanking immediately, thanks to the mother ha, the sacred waters, thanks to the vegetation, to the vegetables, to the grains, thanks to the solar father, thanks to the brother winds, and I start going through the list, and of course your heart keeps getting very, very full, and always my food ends up getting very cold, because I'm still somewhere else, uh, floating around, being so grateful for this one meal, it can be a simple meal, but it's so much that went into bringing it to us. And then there's the ancestors who sacrificed just so that we could have it easier in this lifetime and that things could come to us and we didn't have to struggle so much for that one meal. And there's the angels and archangels and the protectors and there's Divine Mother and all her forms and there's Madre Tierra and there's Bhuvaneshwari and the Hindu tradition, all the names for, for this beautiful Mother Gaia. Mother Earth, so this, but but it's a sweet way you, to live, you see. It's a, not a mechanical way. It's a sweet way because everything is alive and everything is part of the compassionate universe. So the compassionate universe is always looking out for us, even when it seems like we hit a hardship. It's still for our own good. It's still to strengthen us. There's still the angels there. No one's deserted us. People often find they feel abandoned when they go through hard times. Sometimes it can feel like your spirit guides, like your God is not listening to you, certainly not responding. But they're there. Everyone's there. Your team is there. The more, as you were just mentioning so beautifully, Rick, the more that we respect, the more that we acknowledge, the more that we communicate with our heart, heart full of words, not a mind full of words, heart full of words, then the more that relationship becomes one, like I said, and not two, not they on the other side and us here. We are one moving wave of energy. We are one wave of grace. Can We, we can't imagine walking as one wave of grace. <sighs> <sighs> and flying with our mighty wings. Hmm? Indeed. Well, it's just about the time that we uh, take a break. 
and uh, and because it's just about I feel celebration. It's uh, I get some odd looks here around the apartment complex because uh, I, I have a dog, and so one of the first things I do is take her for a walk. Well, if I didn't have a dog, I'd take a walk first thing. I but they I get some funny looks because I speak to the I speak to Brother Sun in the sky. I speak to mm. the animals. And uh, uh, I had a young friend walking with me one time, and I was speaking to a squirrel, and he said, that squirrel's looking at you like you're insane. And I said, no, he's just shocked to find a human that's actually speaking to him. <laughs> exactly. And uh, But believe me, he'll be pleased about it later. He'll go home and tell stories. Right. Uh, so, so let's just continue a little of that energy of celebration uh um uh, your team's been gracious enough to provide us with uh uh your one of your mini CDs and uh I would love to play your uh uh love is the answer that's uh that's much your your theme song mm-hmm. is it not yes peace on earth love is the answer peace on earth indeed that's the reality we're all manifesting right now yes So we'll take a short break, folks. We'll be back in about uh, five or six minutes. Stay with us.
Oh, see, I'm talking on mute. That's why everybody's being quiet. I'm sure it wasn't going to be long before Gene said, uh, Rick. Good trick. Um, Good trick. Yeah. It's um, it's one of the, I do that now and again. Of course, I talk to myself, so it's hard for me to tell. Um, but thank you for that. That was wonderful and certainly is the answer no matter the question. Mm, mm, that one goes out to every river and every mountain every being. Love is the answer, dear ones. Love is the answer. Fill yourself up with it. Fill yourself up to where you explode in happiness and joy and let go of the past, whatever is troubling you, and just dance, dance, dance. Dance for the light and dance for peace on earth. Indeed. It, it, because there is. There's love everywhere. Um <laughs> And when you stop to notice, you know, like I said about my morning walk, you just it, it doing that is is an ecstatic experience. And and people say, well, it's you know, you've said words of love, so you've generated that. No, you're being loved. You're you're beginning to feel the love that's coming to you from all of these mm-hmm. beings all the time. All the time. Uh, the notion of love. Whether we return it or not, they're not. That's not. It's not that kind of love, that conditional, mm. you know, I'll love you if you treat me right, or people are, you know, Mother Nature is angry at us. No, uh, you might be angry or be feeling guilty about what you did. Maybe that's a reason to stop and think before you make your next choice. But uh, to me, that's the that's one of the most graceful things. We get to make the choice every time. Every moment we are making a choice, and mm-hmm. uh, and and we have the choice to step a little bit lighter, uh, or exactly. as we say about enlightenment, just lighten up. <laughs> Walking in the light, and better yet, dancing in the light. <laughs> Indeed. So I, I think we should sure. dance more. <laughs> I think I should dance more. Yeah, see, I don't. More. I don't hardly dance, and I have always, when I was young, had that thing that I didn't know how to dance. And ah. I was lucky enough to have a a girlfriend in high school that told me, you know, she said, "No, see, that's the problem. You don't think about steps and things. You don't think. That's why I like dancing." Yeah. And uh, that didn't make any sense to me then, but I'm I'm allowing a little more of my wisdom to come through, and it makes perfect sense now. Mhm. Mhm. That was the feminine, the feminine speaking to you from long ago, telling you just dance, just dance, just let the energy move through you. That's the fast track to enlightenment. Dance, dance, dance up a storm. Mhm. Storm yes. of blessings. The message always arrives through many, many 
odd and different messengers. <laughs> Now's the time to dance. So I, I'm thinking that um, some of our listeners would would love to know um, if you're willing to share a little bit of, of the backstory. How how does one begin a journey such as yours? Um, and and if you don't mind sharing a bit about how your childhood was, if you can maybe. Um, go back to, and I'm sure it was at a young age. Go back to when you first realized that this was this was your path, and that you were going to choose to follow it. Indeed, our our childhood for everyone holds so many secrets, so many keys to our enlightenment. And I was very blessed that I was a very aware child. I believe I was born enlightened. And then what happened is that I had to go through veils falling upon my golden mind so that I could experience being human. Because as a child, I did not see myself as human at all. I saw myself as a super being, a supreme being. And I put myself through intense training, but now, later, I realized that it was not I that was putting myself through the training. It was my spirit guides. I would make myself do arduous things, arduous routines. I would make, we grew up very poor, uh, dirt poor, and my parents, I'm of Mexican descent. My parents are Mexican, and we picked cotton as children. We picked grapes. We picked potatoes, I'm sure. Um, a lot of a lot of everything past yesterday always gets very blurry. A divine Mother keeps me very empty, and so I just remember little chunks. But I remember enough so that I remember what the story is—the <laughs> story for this being. Because it's not that it's important for me as my story. It is important, but there's not there's really no me left. So that way, it's not important because it's the universal story. It's everyone's story. We're all on the same path. We're all on the same journey. And for me, I was very blessed to experience life as a super being, as a child, who really couldn't relate to re- to humanity, couldn't relate to, weak. let's just say, the human condition. I couldn't relate to weakness. And but I, So I was getting trained, trained, and I was putting myself through my training, and I always believed I could do anything. I was a very confident child. And as I said, then after I hit my teenage years and from then for a few years, I experienced being human. And this was great because this bestowed upon me compassion. When I was that little child, I really didn't have, uh, I had compassion, I had a very soft heart, very, very tender heart. But my warrior side was not compassionate towards weakness, like I said. It just saw it as foolishness. So I had to go through myself, through suffering, so that I could understand, oh, so that's what happens to people. That's how they feel. That's what they experience. And now I understand the human condition thoroughly. And so when someone comes to me and they're suffering, I can feel their So I understand every aspect of whatever maya, whatever illusion they're in. And through grace, then I was given the tools along the journey, the wonderful, impeccable warrior of light tools, to be able 
to see all realities and the wisdom point of view. So in answer to your question, I was very blessed in 1980 to meet my guru, my root guru, Swami Muktananda Paramahansa, who is known as Baba Muktananda. And he gave me Shaktipat initiation. And Shaktipat is where your kundalini, your spiritual energy, is activated. It's sparked so that now it starts to move quickly. You start to move quickly through psychic impressions. You start to move quickly through your karmas. And many of those karmas are dissolved at a very rapid pace. Then after that, he, I only knew him for two years, and then he passed on to the spirit world, and he left in charge a woman guru, Guru Mai Chidvilasananda. And while, and I felt great devotion for her. And while gazing upon her one day in a meditation hall, I heard the message, bow to her. She is the Divine Mother. Well, at that time, I didn't even, I couldn't even relate to what Divine Mother was. It was something very foreign to me. What's Divine Mother? But somehow, through a lot of my path, I didn't question things. I would question them at, on some aspect later on. But at that moment, there was no resistance for me that said, well, what's a Divine Mother? Why should I bow? I heard the voice and I bowed my head and I cried and cried tears of gratefulness. And I feel I have never, ever raised my head from her lotus seat. So she, I consider my heart guru. Then I continued with the practices, which were chanting mantras, singing a lot, singing. I had a blocked voice at that time. Throughout my childhood, I loved to sing, but my voice was blocked. But Baba Muktananda gave me the name Gita. My spiritual name was Gita, which means sacred song, sacred scripture. So he gave me already the message that I was to sing. So lots of chanting, which later on opened up my voice, and then they were able to utilize this being as an instrument for singing. And meditation, one hour a day, for many, many years. Contemplation, devotion, this was the path. I, I was never one to um, enjoy learning very heavy scriptures. It bored me. I wasn't interested in that. I was always looking for, just tell me the, the child's story. Once upon a time, there was a saint, and then he, I like those, and chanting. And then I became filled with this intense desire to meet my Mayan shaman teacher, Don Jacinto Sap. I cried many tears for that. I cried and cried because I wanted to help all beings with whatever the problem, and I wanted to do my part to heal Mother Earth, to give her healing energy. And through grace, I met him. Of course, as you know, through your own path, these things are not from one day to the next. It's many twists and turns, and you know, they're all fascinating stories. And mine has no shortage of that. But I met him, and then I was put through a, a trainership, an, an internship, and it was not easy for me. But through grace, I made it through all the tests. And he always told me, I'm going to one day give you everything. Because I used to cry because I would go see him and then he would disappear. So I would go see him for my training and then he'd disappear on purpose just to torture me and to test my patience. And when I would cry, he'd say, why are you crying? And I would tell him, because the days are going by and I have to leave soon and we still haven't covered this and this and I wanted to learn this and this. 
And he'd always say, don't worry. He was a very patient person, <laughs> very soft-spoken. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to give you everything. And I was like, when? <laughs> so we had this wonderful relationship, two people very different from each other, and and him working to mold me into what I needed to become. And through grace, he kept his word. Everybody kept their word. And all these gifts surfaced. And he gave me the prayers, the Mayan prayers, which are the soul retrieval prayers. He used to do the ceremonies for the land. There's all different types of ceremonies for all different types of, of imbalance in the land. Whatever people are suffering from, if people are passing on, if they're having having illness, if there is disharmony in the household. So, so many things. And I was blessed to be able to accompany him on healing sessions and sit in on healing sessions and ceremonies and write down all the different prayers and then study them and learn them. And then through grace, he, he said, start, do it. You know, you can do it. And I started practicing. And then it became one with me. And then he passed on many years ago and uh, just continued, you know, spirit. He didn't, I always feel as if he didn't tell me verbally everything, but he anchored me with spirit so that through spirit I receive it all, whatever I need to know for anything at any moment. So that's the story. Uh, <laughs> left you with that everyday connection. Yes. We call yes. it. The everyday connection, exactly. The unwavering, unshakable connection. And I call this forth for all beings. This is what I wish for everyone. Be an unshakable instrument for the light. So that whatever is needed, that you'll have the courage, that you'll have the creativity, that you'll have the inspiration, that you'll have the radiant health, the determination and dedication to the spiritual loss to go forth. Do, do, do it. Complete it for the sake of your highest destiny. Amen. So speaking of Don Jacinto Saab and uh, your Mayan training, uh, I would love to hear more about the Mayan uh, soul retrieval or the Mayan limpias. Mm -hmm. um, I assume soul retriever, retrieval is the English translation of uh, limpias. Yes. Which uh, limpia is, is Spanish for to clean. Uh, so, in a way, a cleaning, a clearing, yes? Yes, yes. And this is um, what has evolved through my training being eclectic and loving the traditions of India and then having the sacred duty to carry on the lineage for the Mayan tradition. What has evolved is a blending of the two. So, it is my version. His version was his version. And his teacher's version was, I'm sure, a little bit different. And then this is the Peace Mother version, which is more of a universal. And what we do, but, but what is consistent throughout all the versions is what is accomplished. The soul, yes, once upon a time, the soul was pure light and the, the spark from the great spark. And it, the light is still there. However, through reincarnation after reincarnation, through challenges, through losing faith sometimes, through giving in to the darkness, to the negativity of life, through being worn out from struggles, then 
We allow darkness to settle in. And it can settle in in many, many ways. And this is a science that Western culture has amnesia on. They have blocked it out and do not pay attention to the soul. In Western culture, for the most part, and it has been like this for thousands of years, the attention is on the appearance, what you have, what you own. It's not often enough on the level of happiness, the level of impeccability, the level of purity. So soul retrieval, shamanic work, deals it deals with the purity of the soul, the strength of the soul, how intact is the light. So we do prayers which call in the compassionate forces of the universe by name, one after the other, to come and drive out all that is causing disbalance. And the prayer that I do, it covers every level of the person's life. And it helps to clear up the karmas from the past, the samskaras, the psychic impressions that we carry around, that we embodied with in this lifetime. It helps us to complete the circles. If there's an illness, then it boosts the immune system and does everything that needs to be done for the circulation of the energies, for the violet light in the body to be able to to flow. It, whatever is the case, then that prayer, we will address that particular situation, whatever the person is struggling with. It, we all know, for example, that in addictions, serious addictions, heroin, be it, be it heroin, be it uh, even over-the-counter drugs. Uh, sometimes nowadays a lot of people start anything that they feel is uh, off in their body, immediately they start taking some kind of a, some kind of a, a prescription. And now this causes an imbalance, a fragmentation in the being. In the childhood, we also we have the fragmentations from childhood. We're so innocent and we haven't learned to protect ourselves and so many things happen. We might feel abandoned. We might feel that, like one little girl said yesterday, I was telling her how great she was. She said, out of the blue, she just said, sometimes people get mad at me. So I told her, well, don't you ever feel it has to do with you. You know, you just understand it's people that are dealing with issues, but don't let it hurt your spirit. Don't let it break your heart, okay? So, so you know, children don't always have wise counsel. So we pick up these fragmentations of the soul, these fears, these worries, these doubts, where we allow darkness to come and settle in. Now that darkness is putting a put, dampening the light. So the light is still there, but it's not shining through our eyes like it could. It's not ringing through our voice like it could. It's not showing in our actions as it could. And soul retrieval, the Mayan soul retrieval prayers are to quickly heal the being, to dis, to really drive away those forces to dissolve them. And for beings who have the eyes to see, they actually see them. They see that. It's not like this uh, theoretical shadow self. No, these forces have a face, and it is an ugly face. And they have a duty, and their duty is to destroy us, destroy our happiness. And it's our duty, like any tennis match or a football game, you have to, like you said, it's not that there's the other that's the enemy, but there is the other that's the player in the drama. So we have this contest going on, this sacred contest, and 
the dark forces have their assignment, and that is rob, steal the light from this person, put out the light, let there be no light, let there only be mercy. But our sacred duty is to expand the light, and that's what soul retrieval work is for, to strengthen the light within the being and to connect them to their God source so that can happen. And people cry because in the daily rapid life, how often do you actually feel that huge presence of God? We, we can feel a little happy. We can listen to something and smile. But what would we feel if we were actually seeing the vision of God before us? What would we feel? And this occurs during the soul retrieval sessions. There's deep peace that is beyond words and description descends upon the person. That's a general idea of what happens. But then there are many types of cases. And there's the land also that needs soul retrieval work. That There's uh, illnesses, for example, and syndromes, conditions that are spurred by the land that one is living on because the land is saturated with suffering. The land has many tormented souls that are still there. The land still carries the hostility and the hatred and the bloodshed of the past. It's in the land. So when you live on a land like that, you're going to ha encounter a lot of challenges and a lot of psychic attack. So this is why apart from the soul retrieval work that I encourage people, and we could use the word prescribe, uh, the spiritual practices. And we provide many for people that are very strong, very direct, so they can continue the soul ritual practices, uh, their own version, at home. And I, I'm so glad that you included the the earth and the land. Um, there's been the uh, these experiments that uh, Masuro Omoto in Japan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As and and many people have replicated them. There's lots of videos on YouTube, and uh, they often call it the rice experiment. <clears throat> but they take rice and and get it wet. Uh, no, don't cook it. Just to get put it with some water, and, and they'll take one container and for days, every day they'll say loving things to that container, uh, and then another container they will say mean and hateful things too and they're sealed they both started off exactly the same and the one that has been receiving the words of love is will stay for a great length of time uh, uh white and and smelling sweet whereas the one receiving the hateful energy begins to rot mm. and uh, you know, I, being here in deep in Western culture, um, would like to remind everybody that it, it does matter what you, you know, we often talk about be responsible for the energy you bring to this space. It, you know, so many habits, uh, I had them when I was young, I'm sure I got them from my parents, where you curse things, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, it does harm. It, yes. it, 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 well, let's at least say it tends to snuff the display of light. Uh, you can't ever get it 
completely gone because it is what animates everything. But um, I know that uh, all indigenous cultures have this. There's the dark, there's the light, uh, you know, like the story of the, I have two wolves inside. Mm-hmm. Um, um, talk for us for a moment, if you could, about the importance of the fact that, you know, you said earlier that the, the darkness is not them, you know, and and uh, uh, some enemy that it's, you know, things we've picked up along our trail that are skewed or times when people told us we were ugly or stupid and we may have, may have seen them as an authority and believed them. Uh, talk about the, that interplay and the importance of recognizing that interplay. Yes, that's a very important point because many people who are doing beautiful work and they're beautiful souls. They, throughout everything they've been through from childhood and, and up, still their soul, their heart is very pure, very loving, very giving. And so if you said to them that they are carrying darkness, they would be shocked. Oh, no, it's not possible. You know, I strive to be such a good human being. And um, the teaching is that if you look at yourself without any uh, attachment, and just look at all the pluses, all the positive traits. Okay, those are virtues. Those are obviously sponsored by the light forces. But look at all the ways perhaps you demean yourself, this, the sense of this energy of deprecation, of self-loathing, habits that people have, uh, whether they're in thought or in action, but habits, as you mentioned. This is the dark side. And someone might think, oh, well, but, you know, someone who is a rapist or a murderer uh, a tyrant, they're much worse than, you know, my little habit. But darkness is darkness. And it is our sacred duty to be full banners for the light. So the reason we re-embody and re-embody and reincarnate and reincarnate is to continue to clear the field of anything that is not radiant. As you just mentioned about foul language, you know, we have always when someone... Uh, arranges to have a session with me over the phone or it's rare I do them in person but say even if they came in person or over the phone or remote they have a questionnaire we send them and one of the questions on the questionnaire is do you use foul language because we need to know everything that goes on in their home you know how do you sleep how does the rest of the family sleep Um, how is the harmony it all goes together it all works together when we use foul language Number one, I always would say to someone, if they were to defend that position, oh, but there's nothing wrong with it. Well, did, do you think your angels are asking you to say that? Do you think, th- like, what would be the purpose? Because when we say something of a dense vibration, it pollutes the air. And sometimes, of course, we don't even have to say it. We can just emanate it. You always know when someone has been arguing and you walk into a room, you can sense it, can't you? You can sense that vibration or if there's some been violence that has taken place somewhere you can sense something happened here you can feel your skin crawling so vibration 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 it's all about vibration and when we're a child what happens is that we're wide open like i said no one's taught us to defend ourselves and we want to fit in Everyone, every child wants to fit in and be loved. We all have the same, pretty much the same desire. And then someone says something, and we feel our security threatened, our well-being threatened. 
we immediately then give up the light because we're in fear and we're now now these dark forces they tra they're like gangs they travel in with more than one riding along so if you have fear then here comes self-doubt now here comes self-loathing if there's for example guilt then there's also the cousin which is self-justification so there's a whole science about what the scriptures of many traditions call the inner thieves mm -hmm. or they can be called the inner tyrants you can call them the shadow self you can call it whatever you wish but my message to all beings is be aware it's there and work on it because you cannot reach enlightenment without clearing your field the field must end up being this glorious beautiful radiant flowering garden and if it's full of weeds, well, it's still full of weeds. But yes, it is a play of consciousness. It is not about them or us. And in fact, it's such a beautiful story because we get the chance to enlighten. This is the way I see it anyway, that we get the chance to enlighten these dark forces, what we call the dark forces. You can call them any name that makes you happy. I call them by various right now we can say malevolent malicious sinister some people like to just say dense energy i tell people whatever works you know just the main thing is do your work do your part for the light because we can enlighten them i send them to the light whenever they i am defending a place whenever i sense their presence i send them to the light great uh saints like Milarepa from the Kagyu tradition of Buddhism, he would convert them. He would talk to them to convert them. And I, too, I sometimes tell them, come on, chant with me, Kali Durge Namo Nama Kali. I tell them, give up your dense form. That's a pathetic state. Join the light forces. Come on, this is much more fun. <laughs> so I have fun, but other times I'm very serious about it. But I'm transforming, transforming, transforming the energy. And that's what... We are all here to do. Absolutely, and it's a it it it, it is like you said. It's a it's a blessing. It's a it's a glorious thing. It 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 can be seen as a as a task or a chore if you if you choose, but it it's an opportunity really. Um, and you can lighten. I think we've all experienced being in a room and someone comes in and the whole room seems to enliven. Uh, and it, that's that that radiant energy that that person has brought with them to the room, and uh, sort of like in, in the term soul retrieval, part of it is in brushing these overlays, these things that we've picked up along our physical trail out of the way, is to remind these people, like. We like to say how awesome they are. Mm -hmm. And because one of the biggest problems that I see, you know, we talked about talking negatively to your surroundings and a tree and anything else that has made you angry, but we do it to ourselves drastically. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you do something and it doesn't go the way you like and you call yourself an idiot or... I'm sure there's much worse terms that people use, but that's um, our friend Veronica Torres uh, channels a group of entities, and uh, she says they have only one rule, 
everything else is unique to the individual, but they have one rule, and that is that you can't be mean to yourself. Mm. And 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 when they were first asked to sort of expound on that or define that, the answer was, if you wouldn't say it to your next-door neighbor's five-year-old, you can't say it to yourself. Mm. They said, we don't say you're a five-year-old child because you talk bad to your own children, too. But if you wouldn't say it to someone else's young child, uh, I mean, if they made a mistake, it's most people say things like, well, that's okay. Here, exactly. let me help you. Or, mm-hmm. uh, But then as we grow and have picked up these things and allowed them to just sit, and of course, uh, Western culture, we're experts at stuffing down emotions, um, then we begin to, to do it to ourselves, which is the worst of the worst, because the, you can't, you can't shine like you could in an atmosphere of I'm no good, I'm broken, I'm wrong. Um, mistakes are a good thing. They, you know, like you said, you have a challenge before you, you, you may have to try three or four times before you find the path up the mountain or, or the easiest spot to climb over the rock or whatever the challenge might be. It's not... It's not a case that if you didn't get over the first time that you're somehow less and wrong and evil and and then you just give up and you don't cro- climb over the rock and then there you are stuck. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, there are so many veils. This it is it is taught in various traditions that when we when you come in as uh, you're in the womb for example, already you're hearing the voices of those around you. So the programming has started, and of course it has karmic roots, because whatever your issues are, they might be a little different from somebody else's and somebody else's and somebody else's. And so our issues are unique to us in that they have their roots in the past life and the past life and the past life before that. So we've been working with these issues, and perhaps these uh, habits, good and bad, we... You know, we've been molding them, they, and they've been growing. So that's why, for example, someone can be born in a very early age, be a, a pianist uh, protege, and somebody else it could be art, and somebody else, uh, they carry a lot of darkness. Why the difference? Because this has to do with the past lives and the activities that took place. Now we are coming forth to refine our light self, to discover it, to acknowledge it, to love it, to embrace it. And we must deal with those karmic patterns that are self-destructive. So, indeed, everyone has their homework. Now, the the role of the dark forces is a perfect role, and we can see it in this way. When you have everything at your fingertips, like in Western culture, we have electricity. So none of us really appreciate electricity. We don't get down on our knees and give great thanks every time the light comes on, the car turning on, the water. It's all so easy. We have refrigeration. So we don't really appreciate these things. The old adage, familiarity breeds contempt, does bear to be true. Indeed. So therefore, the, the um, dark forces, they create a challenge for us. 
And we know in athletics, we know the Olympics were just on, and you know everybody's very much into the Olympics. We know that to become a champion, there has to be training. There has to be hardship. Why hardship? Because it's through that struggle, push, 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 that you then experience, wow, I did it. That was amazing. How wonderful. And there's the celebration. It's like turning on the light switch because it's so easy. Now we don't celebrate, do we? You know, we turn it on. And so what? It's not a big deal. But it is a big deal when you don't have electricity and you finally have electricity. It's a very big deal. So the dark forces have their role. And their role is to make us work for that victory in the light, to make us appreciate the light. If everybody is enlightened, well, then that will be a grand state because we will all understand what it took to become enlightened. But along the way, it's very easy to get comfortable and want what's comfortable only. We don't often want to work for things we don't want to go for the prize or we don't feel we can but that's all the rhetoric of the dark voices inside our mind inside ourselves so these forces are there there but it's good they're there because then that gives us a chance to say no i am divine i am the light and then to bring about the great victory for the light and have that big celebration does that make sense oh yes it does um uh, mm. Absolutely. Because, I, you know, we often say you can't you can't change your vibration or habit or belief or however your system would like to identify. You can't change your vibration that you don't own. You have to own it. You have to uh these people that get their first taste of something, say the law of attraction and so then they act like they never had another negative thought as long as they lived. Mm. It's it's not true. I bless their hearts. Yes, at our core, we are all the light, purely. But here, there it we is. We are physical. The, well, it's the nature. We it's have emotion. duality. <laughs> it is duality, and and it is um, a dishonor, I think, to to the experience of being a physical being to not recognize the wide range of emotions and to try to lock them away is so dangerous. Um, I'm not saying that it's it's in any way healthy or advisable to act on angry emotions, but to disallow yourself to acknowledge anger or pain or sorrow is... it's you, it's, you it's unfair to yourself. You don't experience a pain and stiffness in your hand and just chop it off. You try Correct. to figure out, I well, I've sat too long at the typewriter. I need to do this or whatever you might be able to shine some light on, so to speak. And then uh, you take the appropriate steps to allow your hand to heal. And I think that people forget to do to treat their emotional body the same way that they treat their physical body um you know we we seem to have separated the two and yet they're so similar and you know we'll talk to our emotional body but we won't talk to our physical body we'll acknowledge immediately damage to our physical body but ignore damage to our emotional body 
if we could just, you know, treat them both the same, I think that we would be able to much more easily further our journey. In the Impeccable Warrior of Light Mantras and Rituals for Spiritual Protection book, my assignment from Divine Mother was to share with people what I do. She said I wanted to go in silence, into silence for a long time. I had done a lot of teaching and I just felt the need for silence. And she said, well, you cannot go into silence until you leave it very clearly outlined for everyone uh, as to what you do and how what they can do at home to protect themselves and their land and their body and their emotions and their thoughts and their projects, their family, everything, their connection to their spirit guides. So this book miraculously was written very quickly. And the difference between the shamanic path and soul retrieval, which we can also, we can use the word soul blessing. Soul retrieval, as you mentioned, Rick, it's a modern term that someone began using and they felt that was a good term. And so we use the word soul retrieval. Um, And sometimes it's hard for people to understand. They say, well, where did my soul go? (laughs) Because again, they can't identify how layers took over, how layers became embedded within them. Of darkness. So soul blessings, That's a, I like soul blessings. Soul blessings so that our soul can be at its very highest, brightest, best. So the difference between, for example, therapy, when you go and you talk about it, and it's helpful, and you get to recognize, oh, well, I do this because of that, or it was because of my mother, my father, my childhood. But the difference between that and soul retrieval, soul blessings, is that we identify the actual name. I teach people, identify the name of that force, of that energy that is speaking in your mind. Give it a name. Now, become determined that from now on you're going to sense its presence when it starts to even whisper. And then talk back to it and say, oh, I see you. That's the first step because when you can say to the unseen world, to the invisible world, I see you, that's a huge victory because now you're not giving your power over to some unseen force. You're saying, oh, I see you. You are the, and you can call it whatever, demon, dark force, uh, programming the energy of, for example, limitation, addictions, self-doubt of illness, weakness, Give it a name. You the are trickster. the force. That trickster. <laughs> the, you know, the confusion, um, haziness, laziness. There's, we can identify. We can ask ourselves, well, what would I call this? And now we can send it to the light. We can cast it out. In the Bible, it talks about Jesus casting out demons. In the Buddhist tradition and in the, all the teachings, the Dhammapada and the teachings of the Buddha, they talk about Mara the dark forces, and they also are always casting out. And it's the same that you would do if you had a physical intruder come into your home and start throwing uh, excrement on the wall and tearing down your house. You wouldn't just accept it. You would very quickly tell them to get out, whoever they are, whatever they are. Out you go because you're not a friendly, uh, supportive uh, force. Then you cannot stay here. 
you have to leave. Either you harmonize or you leave. But what if they didn't leave? Then you would very likely call the police, right? To call the police. Well, when we call the police in this work, we call upon the divine police. We call upon the divine protectors. So we can call on Buddha or on Allah or on Jesus or on Mary, Archangel Michael, whoever we want to call on that we know is a mighty protector or protectress, and we call on them, come, defend us. And in the name of, for example, in the name of Divine Mother Kali, Divine Mother Durga, I order you to leave in the name of the light, to leave this place in peace. You either harmonize or you have to leave and go to the light. But we take control. We take authority. We stay in our divine authority that we are the safekeepers of this divine space. We are the protectors of it. And the vibration is to be at a certain level. And if you're not able to harmonize with that, then we send you to some school somewhere where you can continue to learn. We don't hate you. We don't have any vicious, hostile feelings, but you just can't stay because this has to be a certain vibration here. Do you feel that that resonates with you, or do you have any questions on that for me? Well, I think it does. I just want to magnify that a little bit for people mm-hmm. because uh, it's another misunderstanding. I've seen people that I work with have. They say, you know, I've started this, what I think is spiritual work, and uh and suddenly i'm catching my i'm catching all this negativity coming out of my mind and it seems it's getting worse and it's not getting worse you're just catching it you're noticing it and that is the first step is is to notice um you know i mean to think about your home uh yes we habitually clean every week and that would be a good thing to be habitually cleaning our spirit as well but but f- for the most part you notice there's dirt. Then you clean it. You have to notice first. You have to become aware. And, um, and you know, to all my dear friends that are dedicated to the law of attraction and you're never going to resist or push against anything, please remember that saying no thank you is not resistance. <laughs> I it's like making that. a choice. Yes. And... Uh, here in America, the original discoverers and original explorers, uh, many, many people were welcomed by the indigenous tribes, you know. But then when their activities began to damage the land and caused all these fights and arguments and shootings and things that went on, they asked them to leave. Exactly. certainly makes perfect sense to me. And... Yes. Uh, you know, various and sundry people, they'll get all up about what foods they put in their body. But then they'll listen to the news or some of these, you know, violently worded music. And listen, everybody's got their taste. But remember, the the vibration you surround yourself with is hard to... You surround yourself with the negative vibration. It makes it more difficult. And you can clean that stuff out. That's you can limpia su casa. <laughs> Muy bien, excellent. talent. <laughs> I, I have a little. Uh, living here in Houston, Texas, you, you ah, have yes. to have have to have a little, and uh, 
I endeavor at least to be able to pronounce people's name because oh, it would be horrible to say Don Jacinto oh. to Zib and oh. think that his first name was Don. That's horrible. <laughs> That's more like Which Sir. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it does. Hey, Don. <laughs> and your wife, Donya. That's nice. Hi, right, Donna. <clears throat> Is that Donna or Donna? How do you say that? And it, because, again, it's a respect thing. Um, you know. Well, we must always just understand our assignment. And so if we are in human form, our assignment is to realize the light body. And we came and came into this human form so we could discover that we are our light. We are this amazing lighthouse this amazing blazing light and that's our sacred duty so i really appreciate the fact that what the point you just made was so great that saying no making a choice there's nothing wrong with that and actually it's your sacred duty to make choices that's why many of the great heroes have said that the danger in for humanity oftentimes is not the dictator it's all the people, for example, that stay quiet all and don't do anything about do it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the great danger, the apathy. In complacency. Complacency. So our greatest, our greatest enemy. We're going to have an enemy. Enemy, and you know, words are important, and also words have a very uh, a lot of range. For example, again, if you're a martial artist, you're, you're going to call that person on the other side the opponent or the enemy, and it's a way of identifying them. But there should never be any hate in your heart. That's the difference. For example, I am. it's said in the Chandipat, the Divine Mother Scriptures, which is a great book for self-protection. Uh, and it says that Divine Mother is sweet of heart, tender of heart, and fierce in defending her children. So both at the same time. And I am a divine mother. So I am very sweet of heart. That's compassion for everyone. And I am fierce about the virtues. And some people feel that way, for example, in a country about a flag. They don't want to see anybody tromping all over the flag. (laughs) Some people are that way about their children. If somebody was being very lax in their spiritual protection, I said to them, well, how would you feel if somebody came in and started grabbing your child and started abusing them? What would you do? Because they're very much like, oh, la, la, la. And so really it's how we look at things. We, and we pray for all beings that we expand our point of view to where we understand that in a tennis game, in a football game, in any soccer game, if, in sports, oftentimes you have teams, and each team has a responsibility. And you could be best friends with the person on the other side of the net, for example, in a tennis match. But when you're on that court, each of you have the sacred duty to best the other one. Otherwise, it's not going to be a very good tennis game. No one's going to enjoy it. It's going to be very blah. But if you both go out there and give your best, then the whole universe is watching. And that's our great opportunity to be our best, to value ourselves, and to choose. What are we going to allow to be around us? Why would somebody choose to defend a river? But they did. They could have just gone along with the system, and they could have just complained about it and whined about it and gone on and on 
and become miserable and make other people miserable too. But no, they chose to make a difference. They chose to do something different. And we have the same choice to value our homes and the vibration within it, to value our bodies and the vibration within it, to value the mind and the vibration within it, to value our work, our destiny, and the vibration within it. And you do have that divine authority. You do have that divine right. So we must all do our work. But sometimes it's not easy to be clear. Excuse me. Sometimes it's not easy to be clear on these things. And again, that is the work of the forces in the energy that are trying to clamp down on sacred clarity, on sacred commitment. So if we stay very close to our protectors and pray to always know what is the right way to walk that very fine line, we will walk it perfectly. Amen. Amen. Well, here we here we arrive at the end of another fantastic voyage, journey. Uh, gratitude and, and blessings for uh, spending your time with us. I want to be sure and mention for our podcast listeners who are many, and we appreciate each and every one of you. Um, I've put the links up in the chat room. They'll be up on the archive uh, as well. Um, but the easiest one to remember verbally is www.sacredpeace.org and you can find links there as well. We'll put direct links up to books and uh, uh, and also to Bandcamp where you can find the CDs. Um, uh, but I wanted to be sure and mention for all of our podcast listeners that aren't close to a screen that they can find more information because uh, we would have to dedicate many shows to, to cover your mm-hmm. work. Uh, besides the soul retrievals, you have pilgrimages, uh, and as you said, you've been quite active in, in defense of sacred sites, and uh, and bless you for that. And bless you not only for what you do, but for what and who you be. Uh, that is truly the the gift. And we we appreciate you spending your time and sharing that gift with us. J.J. Ma, it's been a pleasure. You're all so beautiful, so radiant, and I call forth long lives for you and healthy, radiant, vibrant lives and all the successes that your spirit guides have lined up for you. May everything flow smoothly and may there be abundance of harmony always, true love, true friendship to support you and, of course, the greatest wisdom to help you reach the great enlightenment and forever live in the great enlightenment and forever continue to illuminate the path for all beings. Do we have time for just a very short uh uh-huh? Of course. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Amen. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much. uh, You're welcome. We'll go out on this note. I want to just sing for all of you. Jai Jai Ma, Jai Kali Durga Hambe, Jai Jai Ma, Jai Kali Durga Hambe. Jai Jai Ma, 
victory, victory to the light, victory to the light, uh, victory to the light. JJ Ma, dear ones, I love you all. Muchas gracias. And we love you. Gracias. Thank Adios. you so much for being with us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Rick, what what do we have coming up, Rick? Do you have a calendar, sir? You'd think I'd get in the habit of having it up. So <laughs> next next Tuesday we have Inez Martins joining us again for her monthly visit to answer your questions. Animal communicator, uh, Akashic Records and Akashic Clearings uh, practitioner. Uh, very similar. And then on Thursday, Gage Terrence coming back. Uh, Gage was with us Tuesday, and uh, just some exciting work that she's doing to interface with uh, the medical community and bring more light into there. And Lord knows we can we can use all that we can get. Uh, and then, of course, the following week we have Stacy Kirchival, and that is always a blast. So uh, we have some great shows coming up. Uh, I want to wish everyone a fantastic and blessed weekend and join us on Tuesday. And until then, stay connected. Good night, everyone. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Everyday Connection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. question of your life the only question before that question how do you find the perfect ring to ask it with with the incredible selection of diamonds at jared and our price match guarantee you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love visit your local jared store today and dare to be devoted we promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer see jared.com slash price match for details Juicy sizzling steak, hand-tossed original dough, a four-cheese blend, and Papa John's creamy signature Philly sauce. It's like the best cheesesteak sandwich ever, but way better, because it's on a pizza, which means you can share it. So show some brotherly, or whateverly love, and get yourself one today. Right now, at Papa John's, get a large Philly or any large specialty Papa John's pizza for just 12 bucks. Yes, 12 bucks. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. At participating U.S. stores, prices may vary. Tax and tip and fee extra.